0: In this week's episode of Studio Inter, we'll be reviewing the Derby della Madonnina with ESPN's Janos Mihalik. We'll be previewing the match against Genoa. We'll be discussing the renaissance of Handanovic, Perisic and Eriksson. This week's Moji, Moratti and Frog. And much, much more. Everything here on Studio Inter. Only on Elsenpreinter.com. Benvenuti, bentornati to another edition of Studio Inter. I'm your host, Nima Tavale Ruzzari, who, like most Inter fans, is walking on clouds uh, after an absolutely fantastic Derby della Madonina performance by Antonio Conte's men. But before we get into all of that, let me introduce my panelists, starting with the Sempre own preview writer, Mr. In House Positivity, uh, Mr. Mohamed Nassa.
1: I take it, my services will not be required today.
2: <laughs> I, <laughs> That's think, just I think for me, he,
1: <laughs> <laughs> exactly. you peaked.
0: You peaked. <laughs> Good night, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. You resigned. Um We're right. also joined by semperinta.com's own uh, chief news editor, Mr. William Beckman.
3: Hello. I think last week I said that Mo could uh, try and be Conte and uh, tell everyone to, to get off his bandwagon. I think this week maybe his celebration should be, Sono il migliore, cazzo, te l'ho detto! <laughs> alla Lukaku, um, which he'd be entitled.
0: The original Mr. Positivity. Um, and we're also joined by our very good friend in Milan from Inter supporters on YouTube, Mr. Fulvio Santucci.
4: Hi, Nima. Hi, all. Long time since the last time I've been here. I suppose I picked the right uh, the right <laughs> week to, to come back, but you it was have, not on purpose. I accepted the invitation before the derby, and Nima can confirm that.
0: That is true. That is true. We're just happy to have you here. <laughs> and we're also joined by a very special guest. He's been on the show before. Uh, he works for ESPN as an analyst. He used to. He's played for the uh, the U.S. men's national team. May, welcome back, Mr. Janusz Mehalik
2: hello everybody um, I'm, I'm here for punishment I suppose <laughs> and, and uh, to defend you know the name of Milan the greatest team uh, in that city sorry guys <laughs> I know I, I, I remember when
0: I interviewed you and, and when, when I asked you to come on and I and, I, and you said and I thought it was really brave of you to accept before the derby, because I know like when we've been talking on Twitter and, and also exchanging privately that you've been kind of waiting for Milan to drop off. Um, Because in your opinion, from what you said, from what I've gathered at least, is that you felt that Milan have been overperforming a little bit. Um, I'm keen to, I want to ask, I want to start on that point. Because personally, I've I've not agreed with you 100% because I think that if you overperform, you can only do so for such a long time. This, mm-hmm. this has been 13 months of where Milan, have, you know, I think they, they were at least not the best team in the calendar year in terms of points in the Serie A. They were top two. Um, now we're seeing that kind of, that regression to the mean almost. How much do you think that is the quality of the team? And how much do you think it is that Pioli's tactics have been read by the opposing coaches?
2: Oh, there's a, a lot to unpack in this one. Uh, because yeah. Although I agree with you, I mean, yeah, I made that comment. A lot of Milan supporters weren't happy with me, and it's not that I didn't want to give Milan credit for it because, of course, if you're in the position that Milan have been for such a long time, you've got to be do something right. But it's also good to recognize that everybody else at the time have been dropping off as well, right? And, and I think momentum is a wonderful thing as well. But, you know, it's funny because, you know, we make these, you know uh, – you know, you go on and make this claim and I can only fall back on, on the fact that I've played once, you know, played against Milan, played against Fiorentina, played against some great Italian teams. And I still never really understood what is it that Stefano Pioli is doing that is so great. Again, <laughs> don't want to take it, take any credit away from him. Uh, but, you know, this was just one of the games where I just felt, OK, here's a team with an identity. Uh, which was uh, Inter, not always, you know, perfect, obviously, right? Uh, but but clear, clear identity. I knew what they were going to do. I knew their strengths and weaknesses. Whereas Milan, it always gave me an impression that it's still a massive, massive um, project. That that simply was taking advantage of their good fortune of everybody else winning games when they're supposed to be winning, showing good character and mentality in games that in the past they would have lost. But I I just don't get the essence yet of that team. So it was normal that this was going to drop off uh, at some stage. I hope it's not a big drop off right now. It's enough to build on it, um, you know, be stay in the top four and be in the Champions League. I hope I explained that well because, you know, it's, it's funny when you criticize your own team mm-hmm. because they're, i you, but I mean, was that a shocking performance? No, to me, uh, I think these moments were always going to come, and that's not necessarily a negative. But I still think that you a degree, I mean, Milan are punching above their weight. I mean, it's it's simple. Mm,
0: no, I understand exactly what you mean. I mean, if we if we focus a little bit more on the derby yesterday. Um, Personally, I'm of the opinion that this game, that the the way the, the way it ended is, I mean, was was not representative of the game as a whole because, especially in the beginning of the second half, um, uh, Milan really don't really hurt Inter and really pressured Inter and, and if it wasn't for three magical saves by Andanovic, that this game could have ended completely differently. Um, wh- wh- how did you? Ex- how, what, are, what are your thoughts on that on, on the derby and 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 what do you take away from it?
2: Well, what I took away from it is is again i mean this was always going to be the game of matchups uh, right and and i knew that you know the width of inter was always going to be a problem because it was going to cause problems not just in the wide areas but it's going to cause problems inside right which we saw throughout the game and and i take your point that in the beginning of the second half Obviously, Handanovic, amazing against Zlatan Ibrahimovic, those two chances. And then even right after that, there was a kind of decent strike from Tonali, if you remember, from distance that mm. probably booked. I mean, you know, Handanovic made that save. That's, he's going to make that save, I suppose. But it was a good spell that could have turned the game. Uh, but it didn't. And even if it did, you still don't know. Because I think Milan, in in term, uh, I mean, uh, in, in terms of those matchups, I thought... We're just better everywhere. And that's why sometimes I'm a little bit, you know, cool on Milan in a sense, is that when I look at the team as a whole, right, I mean, this is not a team of exceptional players. It's a good character, good uh, collection of players. But when it comes to games like this, you need those difference makers. What, what were the matchups, right? Obviously, mm. Hakimi against uh, Teo. Tell, in my opinion, and that's something that's got, it's a bonus for him, by the way, in a, in a way, but something that has to change. And I hope you guys agree and uh, mm. interject if you don't, is that tell for me, is 50% of, of, of Milan's attack, if not more. Mm. That's a p- positive and a massive negative. Because in that ba- battle against Hakimi, you know, I play left back, nowhere Nowhere as good as Teo, I suppose, but I, you know, I've played in that position and, you know, it's territorial. You've got to win your battle there. It's a question between two attacking fullbacks, right? One was the wingback, but you know what I mean. Who's going to make, defend whom? That's a big question. And I think for the large periods of time, I think that Hakimi did a better job. Not to say that that Teo wasn't able to get forward. He did, but when he defends, and we've seen those matches today where Milan are at their their best, I mean, defensively, he's insufficient sometimes. So that's one battle loss, right? You can say Zlatan against, uh, you know, next battle is Zlatan against uh, uh, Lukaku. Zlatan had those looks, didn't take advantage of them. We've seen what Lukaku did. And by the way, I would have said that Lukaku was the best player for me, even if he didn't score that goal. Because the way he contributed in a couple of those goals was amazing. I mean, the cross itself, fair play. You guys, I'm sure remember very well that third goal, right? I mean, to hold that play there, to get Hakimi into it, to to continue that movement, which was, by the way, by the way, very good for Inter, was was very good, right? So that's lost. Obviously, Lukaku and Zlatan, not much in between them if you look looking for the goals, right? Mm. But I could have told you before the game, and that's often, and Inter doesn't always win those battles, but in the center of the pitch, you've got to match the three. I didn't think that Pioli was going to change the system, although I wouldn't mind if from time to time. He did. But even if Ismail ben- uh, Benasser was available, I, th- I still think the way Inter are playing right now, that's a losing battle. I mean, you, you just I mean, there was nothing there between Eriksson, Brozovic, and Barella. There was nothing that Kessie could have done or did, right? I mean, mm-hmm. he was fighting. Give him credit for that. Tonali, too young, too inexperienced. No reason to jump on him, but it was always going to be difficult. So, just about every match. Oh, and there's another matchup that isn't a matchup, right? Because if you add, if you add Lautaro Martinez to it. Milan has no answer to that. There isn't a player that, that that could match him up, right, in a way, to do similar things. And and Milan does not have the sort of partnership that Lautaro Martinez and uh, uh, Lukaku have. And, of course, both of, bo- both, both of them were significant in that game. So, I suppose Milan, as a whole, I like what they do, I like the direction, but I don't think they have enough difference makers in that team, even if if they're at their best. And we have to, again, and I'll finish (laughs) quickly here, you know, if you look at Salamakers, I think he's a good functional team player, but, uh, you know, Mm. I don't think that he can do what some of the inter players or other players in the league can do. do. Hakan Cialanolu, although he's had a wonderful season, obviously he's coming from injuries, uh, and I don't want to make an excuse, but he wasn't anywhere near, uh, you know, a couple months ago. Rebic struggled uh, uh, in this game. Calabria whom I like. I mean, obviously he didn't have a uh, uh, continuity of play as of late. And Simon uh, kayer picked probably the worst time to have a bad game because he's been wonderful uh, for, uh, for Milan and then Romagnoli, right? I mean, mm. at least you know, I've had issues with him in the past and I'm being careful because, you know, he's a young player, but I've never been a big fan of Romagnoli, you know, but then again against Lukaku in that sort of form one-on-one, my goodness mm. so hopefully I, I unpacked that just a little bit
0: yeah for sure and I, I, I agree with you on Romagnoli I've never seen the greatness I, I remember when when I saw him at Roma and now to me I, I've i never seen it to me it's a, like you said a functional decent good player but he's not even f- amongst the five best Italian central defenders um, uh, I'm gonna hand you over to Mo did you have a question for Janusz?
1: Well, I have uh, I have two questions, one from me and another from uh, our, uh, our co-panelist, Michael Gallo from Canada, uh, who wanted to ask you, and he said that you would know what he means, uh, what did you think of uh, Zelensky's goal versus Atalanta? Uh,
2: well, it's good. I mean, it's about <laughs> time that he starts playing a little bit. He's been struggling, uh, 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 but then again, so has Napoli, right? And sometimes yeah. it's a of that and you know Gattuso under fire of course you look at the results and you know scored a goal but in the end it's 4-2 and and you know obviously he's been good for Gattuso and Gattuso has been very good to him quite frankly because he's been giving him you know so many chances he usually picks himself in the starting 11 so from a perspective of Napoli it's good from the Polish uh, national team of course uh, ahead of the World uh, World Cup qualifying and European Championship it's also good but you know he's nowhere near his best I, I you know And, you know, it's funny because, you know, we talk about injuries, we talk about COVID and, you know, we look at people that have COVID and recover quickly, but we don't truly know what it takes to recover. He has certainly paid the price because his, his case, you know, we just think that players will just, okay, you know, now he's tested positive and everybody kind of walks back into what they were before. And most of the time we see that, but a lot of times we really don't know this disease, right? How it affects people, individual players all over the world and individual people. And he's been suffering ever since uh, he had COVID. And, and, and you know, I think people know that it's more than just being, you know, not playing yeah. Well because. Yeah. Well, I'd like to
1: ask you my question then about uh, more back to our topic of the uh, the, der- the derby and uh, so on. Um and and I I I don't want to be prompting some doom and gloom on my part, but uh, we in Tedisti, we we know Pioli quite well. We 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 look at we look back at him very fondly. The man is an extremely affable, likable, decent, uh, hardworking uh, manager, and uh, it seems that he does improve from every uh, posting he does. You know uh, whether it was Napoli, Lazio, Inter, so on and so forth. So 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 he does progress, mm-hmm. but. There is one thing that I I thought I've always felt that is that he's he's a very sensitive man and you know the the whole Padre Pioli joke etc. he's yep. a very temperamental sensitive person. And when Inter's results started dipping in the February of the year he was managing the wheels came off the project completely despite him having a pretty decent squad at the time. Uh, is there a fear do you fear for this Milan project because I I mean I I can't help but do because I love the fact that Milan are strong, and I think the Serie A for sure needs the two Milanese teams to be strong and, and, and competitive and everything. And I can say this now because we're ahead, you know, and it's easy mm-hmm. to say when, when, you're, when you're on top, of course. But do you fear for this project now, or do you think that part of the Pioli uh, evolution and, and growth is is his ability to withstand these uh, tough, uh, tough, tough patches that are inevitably, inevitably going to face any team on any run?
2: Well. Two stages to that. Again, I mean, I'm full of awe what he's done with his team, right? I mean, nobody has seen this. You know, if you interfere or, or yeah, yeah, yeah. agreed, a hundred percent. Because you look for at this sure. team as individuals, and you say, okay, it's an okay team, right? So I want to give him all the credit, and my I think you know he almost he has almost done his job. Now, obviously, this is kind of difficult after a der- uh, derby, especially with Roma coming uh, coming around the corner, right? Because you're looking for a reaction, but Roma, kind of, we we. All of us don't, don't really know how they're doing it, but they're doing it, right? And we keep asking those questions week in and week out, and Roma finds a way. So, I mean, they, they're certainly there. And and for Milan, the number one priority has always been has always been to get to the top four. But you know how it is, right? The the, the managing of expectation is difficult, especially for pundits, but most importantly for fans, right? Because when you get to a point, like Milan were ahead of the derby when you first, well, why not talk about the Scudetto? Why not? Even though, you know, you recognize where the team is, you look at the other teams, you look at the situation. Absolutely. If you're in that position, I never understood people and managers saying, no. You know, I mean, I, I, you know, obviously I cover Premier League as well. And I see And I get it why he goes out there, and you know, when I ask, yeah, we're not ready. We're not ready. And that's probably true. In fact, it is true. but But I still wouldn't say that because at that moment I'd say, look, we've come a long way. I think I'm very proud of my players because whatever Pioli has done, I think he's done the hardest part imagin- imaginable for, for uh, a player or manager is to create a unit, create a team. Because, you know, I'm not inside of that dressing room, but I can promise you that this is a well-functioning team because you don't get to where Milan were, to where they are, with this particular team and at this particular time, if there is no spirit, if there's no belief, if there isn't an understanding of, of what everybody has to do. I hope you understand what I mean. Because players are smart. If you, know, if you yeah. don't think you're good enough, players know. They, of course, won't say that, but it will be reflected in results at times. You know what I mean? When the times get tougher. So, So I think he's done a tremendous job, but the next step is where maybe you say to yourself, and next step, I mean, okay, What he has to do, he says, got to obviously keep Milan in the top four. Then we'll see what happens. And, you know, in terms of what sort of players he brings and how he evolves this team, not just the team itself, but also how he evolves himself. Right. Because, you know, even watching at this game and I know it's easier said than done, but I think you guys watch Milan. I certainly watch Milan's every game. But I mean. I saw trouble before, and then I see, you know, that high line against Inter, right, when you have Calabria, Kair, Romagnoli, and Teo Hernandez against a team that I don't know what you guys say is clearly set up to counter. Clearly. the Inter, for me, mm. is a counter-attacking team. doesn't yeah. mean that, you know... Obviously, when they play against more teams, they can possess, they have to solve, but this is a team and this is a Conte mentality that he recognizes what he has, the drive, he recognizes the strength of Lukaku, right? So knowing that, of course, I I just, you know, it was such a high line, but, you know, the makeup of that defense is you always know you're going to be struggling. There's not one player with pace there, not one. You know, Teo, okay, Mm. but it's still not blinding. So, That evolution comes through maybe understanding that sometimes you have to change. Sometimes you have to send a different message to the players. And sometimes that can only be done through the transfer market, of course, right? Mm. But that's the second part. So do I think that Pioli is the man that's going to bring the Scudetto to to Milan? I'm not 100% sure. But he may very well be, already is at the moment, the sort of one, the sort of manager that's given Milan hope, right? I mean, he's, he's doing the hard work right now. And for that, you have to appreciate him.
0: Mm, okay. For sure. Uh, Will, did you have a question for Janusz?
3: I did, yeah. Um, that was a, When you were talking about purely doing the hard work there, it reminded me of Spalletti and how he was doing the hard mm-hmm. yards to get us into our position. But anyway, that wasn't my question. My question was more about into themselves going forward. Uh, obviously, after that win yesterday, um, most people today and, and last night have kind of penciled them in as the big favourites. You've got journalists saying they're going to run away with it. Uh, you've got everyone pointing out the fact they don't play in Europe, so therefore it's going to be hard to catch them. But anyone who's followed into for, well, 10 minutes is gonna, is uh, is very well aware that this is not going to be, plain sailing between now and, and the end of the season even if the, the fixture list does ease up a bit. so I was wondering Anish what do you think is the biggest obstacle between Inter now as we as we record this and winning the the title for the first time in in 11 years? I could it be you know injuries or um, you know Juventus uh, finding form again you know to doing a run like the one we had in November and uh, and December. Uh, could it be mental fragility? You know, getting a bit scared as they get close to the the finish line, or maybe the off-field uh, problems which aren't going away. I'm wondering, mm-hmm. do you see a big a red warning light ahead?
2: No, no, I don't. The only obstacle is inter themselves, and and you. I think if if you counter, if you enter, if you enter supporter. You, You can't be afraid to say that, right? If not now, when? I mean, Conte is a winner, right? The mental fragility shouldn't be an issue. He's the one that can certainly work on that, right? I mean, he's got the the mental strength to to go through that. Uh, I think, you know, what's the point of bringing Conte if now? I mean, if if you don't do it now, when are you going to do it, right? I mean, Juventus aren't always going to get only better, right? I mean, they have the, you know, uh, they have everything you know, to their disposal to make it better. You know, if the manager's not good enough, they're going to get rid of him. They, they they can afford to buy players to, to change that. This season, obviously, they're paying the price of, you know, maybe what everybody else is paying the price for. I mean, a great run, right? I mean, 9 Scudetti... Uh, right, I think it's nine um uh whatever you know number a number yeah. of them, <laughs> a number of them in a row we see what's happening with Liverpool. we see what happened with Barcelona Real Madrid. these times come, you have an inexperienced manager uh that perhaps is still learning on the job and struggling a little bit and right now, I look at that team and and i don't i don't see it how how they can ma- manage that so uh enter here, look I mean. Knock on work for you guys, right? I mean, if injuries come and you lose Lukaku and you lose Lautaro Martinez for long periods of time, of course that's going to change things, right? But, you know, that can happen to everybody and you have to play through it. I mean, again, another one of the great things that Milan has done, right? I mean, when Ibrahimovic was gone, I mean, Milan functioned well. And I, I, I think everybody worries. So if you have a well-functioning team that understands, I think you can change that. I mean look at Inter I mean look what he's done. you know people are saying, oh this is a reinvention. Look, look at look at Perisic. look at this that or there. I mean he couldn't wait to get rid of Perisic, right? Conte. Yeah. I mean he yeah. couldn't get rid of him because he couldn't play as a wing back because he doesn't defend. So you got rid of him to uh, got rid of him to Bayern Munich, where, of course, they play 4-2-3-1. He functioned well, played tremendously, was a big part of that great uh, uh, team. And now he's back. When he was back, he didn't play. Now he's playing great. Now, I don't necessarily think that Conte has absolutely convinced him to play better defensively. I, I don't know, because I was thinking about that. And you guys watched him a little bit closer game in and game out. But I don't necessarily see a massive difference in terms of what Peresic does defensively to what he did before where, where Conte didn't like him as much, right? Ericsson, what has changed, I think, is just, you know, sometimes, I mean, he was as good as gone just a couple months ago. Yeah. <laughs> and now all of a sudden he comes into a, a midfield and maybe it's it's a different message from Conte. Maybe just said, listen, forget about everything that that happened before. Yeah, I didn't really like the way you played. Yes, I didn't really think that you fit in, but I'm going to give you a chance, a legitimate chance, and maybe Ericsson takes advantage of that, because I, I don't see what else has changed. So I, uh, you know, just to just to close this down, I, 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 Inter has to win that. I mean, what kind of season would that be if they don't? Uh, but you know, this is a massive boost right now. Uh, I mean, a win like that in a derby is huge. You see, Juventus struggling a little bit, uh, Atalanta. You know, hot and cold from time to time. Uh, Roma is the one unknown simply because we just, I don't know if we're giving him enough credit.
0: Mm -hmm. No, Roma are a bit... Uh, are a bit up and down there is um so there there some some we I think we said on this part I think it was Will who said they're the new Inter in terms of the pazza stuff that they've gone through the past say three, 3 4 months i mean their january was literally insane not just yeah. on the pitch but off it um i'm just going to hand you over to fulvio uh, Did you have a question for uh, janusz fulvio uh
4: yes i would like to Come back to uh, to similar. Uh, I think it's very st- interesting to dig uh, into the change that uh, this team is gonna uh, is, is having right now. Um, and let's talk a bit about physical condition because I think it's one of the key of this uh, of this game. Um, so I had the impression that uh, Pioli uh, yesterday made uh, a mistake very similar to the one that uh, Gattuso made in a derby two years ago. Uh, you surely remember about that, too. Um, and uh, th- this mistake was probably to overrate the physical condition of this team uh, by, um, uh, you know, uh, giving this uh, uh, very intense aggression since the beginning of the game, but uh, not so organized. So uh, leave the one-on-one everywhere on the on the pitch, and uh, each and every single player to cover like ten, fifteen square meters on the pitch. So it, it requires a lot of stamina, requires a lot of effort. So I would like to ask you, is it possible that uh, Pioli overrates uh, the physical condition of this team based on the fact that uh, against Spezia, it was clear that uh, was deteriorating and uh, of course uh, Mil- Milan has played also in Europa League uh, for days before. Um, and the second question is, uh, uh, if you put in comparison uh, the, the game uh, from October, uh, the, the first derby of the season, uh, mm-hmm. do you think uh, that... Uh, It is more uh, the improvement of the physical condition for Inter, or is it more the deterioration of the physical condition for Milan?
2: Well, you know, in terms of the physical, you know, I mean, we obviously know what Conte uh, is about, and that's certainly a strength. That doesn't mean that it's a weakness of Pioli, because I think his game, of course, is is based on, on the possession, right? More so than, I think, Inter. Uh, that's quite clear right and and of course you can suffer not having possession and if everything works the way purely likes uh, I suppose then you end up chasing from side to side or shadowing and you know you spend a lot of time without the ball and and I don't think that's a problem for Conte in particular or Inter but as I've said I think the high line was a little bit of a problem because you're quite right in saying that there was a you know, the isolation one-on-one, you could almost see it from the beginning, right? And, and you know, it's it's almost a little bit where you recognize the weak link or weak links and have a go at it. So, uh, you know, when you say physical conditioning, you know, who am I to say if those, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm understanding that you mean in terms of fitness between the two sides. Is that what you're asking me? General yes. fitness? Yes. Yeah. Well, it's it's very difficult to say, right? Because yesterday it was clear that it wasn't the case, but I don't necessarily, you know, think that, you know, that's that. I mean, just from memory, I mean, they've had issues, as I've mentioned, may, perhaps even more so than Inter in terms of injuries and COVID. I could be wrong here, but it seems that way. That Milan, to me, has never had continuity of a lineup, really, or it doesn't seem that way. And, and, you know, somebody can correct me, but it almost feels like every game there, there are some big issues. You know, it, if it's not COVID, it's injury. And, and so, you know, that could be a problem for him. But I think, though, that's where I would give Pioli credit because he's had significant players out of the lineup for long periods of time. And the levels didn't drop off necessarily. Now, could there be some sort of a physical or mental fatigue I think absolutely. I mean, this is a difficult season and it's all about timing, isn't it? Right. When do you have that bad spell? And, you know, you could clearly see against Spezia. I mean, that was a team that was suffering, you know, and and sometimes, you know, uh, then you have, you know, Inter and in a Derby and you kind of get yourself up for that game, but you can't hide certain aspects if you're not at 100%. As a player, you'll never say that to the coach, although these days... I think they can find out without you, right? I mean, they, there's a way of measuring where you stand, but you know, what are you going to do, right? You have to play. So, uh, if you just ask me if if Milan suffered physically against Inter yesterday, the the, the answer is clear: yes. Um, the second part, I'm not. Just, I'm sorry, I I forgot.
4: Uh, you- yeah,
2: no, no problem. I was asking you if
4: uh, if you put in comparison uh, the the um, the first derby of the season. If you think about the derby in October, uh, you surely remember that there was uh, a physical condition better for AC Milan in that case. Um, yeah. So I would like to I would like to to uh, to ask you uh, about this. So, uh, giving the game of yesterday, do you think that uh, it's uh, uh, it's more the improvement of Inter in terms of fitness, or it's more the deterioration of the
2: uh, of the fitness of AC Milan in comparison of that game from October? i think it's as always a little bit of both isn't it right i mean you know it's early in the season milan still were you know obviously on that high from that season before they had this great one where you go on it a little bit uh i mean inter obviously didn't look right and you know part of it was of course you know the pressure of all the other competitions right for inter as well so i mean there's a little bit of freedom of mind right now, a different, I mean, you know, the one thing that you guys talk about, and even people that don't follow Serie A probably have heard of, of you know, what Antonio Conte is capable of doing if you give him a week of training, right? Uh, and that doesn't go just physically, but tactically and mentally and preparation-wise as well. So uh, there's no doubt that Inter would benefit from that because the one thing around the world right now that managers complain about is that they really have no time to train. The games are being played every two or three uh, days, so it's it's hard to even address issues uh, tactically, ne- never mind physically. And people will say, well, what, what you know, physically you're already tired. What do you need more training for? And and you know, as a former player, yeah, I'd much rather play than train. But there there's ways of bringing players around, and there's recognitions of who may need, you know, maybe a little extra work. And there's some players that actually are working very very hard, where you have to hold them back just a little bit. So. Comparing early season physical form to this now, you know, it's a bit difficult. And, you know, Milan did have to play, if you remember, um, in Europa League. That was also a disappointing result, wasn't it, right? And Mm -hmm. if you remember physically, I think that was taxing. Watching that game, it was just wide open in transition against the Red Star, right? I mean, defending was optional, which is not a great preparation for a derby. Uh, and it, you combine that with Spezia, yeah, I think physically probably there was a big difference, not just between, you know, that first derby and this one, but even in between, you know, games leading up to it. But in the end, it's just the individual battles there, as I mentioned, in the center of the pitch, in wide areas. You can, always, you can almost always say that the key players, for example, I mean, Donnarumma is wonderful. I don't blame him for all the goals, right? But if you wanted to make a matchup between Handanovic and Donnarumma, there's always that one time in the game where you ask your goalkeeper to come up with something special, right? And this is nothing against Donnarumma, but he didn't, and Handanovic did.
0: But that hasn't really been the case this season. I think Donnarumma has shown, in my opinion at least, that he's been... I said been...
2: not enough, but, yeah, but yeah. we have to look at this game. This is the derby, the okay, yeah. massive game in isolation. So yeah. I'm looking at isolation, I'm looking Teo against Hakimi, okay. I'm looking the three okay. midfielders you know of Inter against Tonali and Kessie, I'm looking Zlatan versus Lukaku yeah. and you know again I don't want to make up controversy here because Donnarumma wasn't at fault of anything. No. But sometimes it's that look what Handanovic did, right? Against Donnarumma who's been you know you can argue the best in the world this season. You, mm. could, you could make the argument. Certainly, mm. very easily top three in the world.
0: For sure, for sure. Well, before we let you go, I just want to um, ask you uh, to give us the, who do you think uh, will win the city? A like your top four?
2: Uh, you're going to make me look at the table now and the differences. <laughs> um, you know, uh, look, you know, um, Inter, Inter has to win this. I mean, this is... You know, this, in my opinion, this would be a massive failure now. It really would be, and there would be no excuse. I mean, I, you, you could make something up, uh, but but the way Juventus are playing uh, right now... Uh, you know, Milan's still in it, by the way. To, you know, mm-hmm. I, I just want to say that. It's only four points. Yeah, it's a lost derby, but it's... It, you know, if there's any team that's closest and if, if it can recover from that and get better, it's Milan more than anybody else, right? I mean... Yeah. Um was, I can't find the table now. You guys are gonna have to tell me who's uh, yeah. Roma Roma's third, aren't they? But I I can't remember the difference. Yeah, but
0: um um to be uh, to be honest, the Juve are winning right now as we're recording this, they're third on forty five points because they're playing Crotone and they've got a game in hand against Napoli. So it's right. Inter fifty three, Milan forty nine, Juventus forty five on twenty two games, and then Roma forty four, Atalanta forty three, Lazio forty three, and wow. Napoli on forty.
2: Um, all, you know, I'd have to look at the fixtures, but I think you will see, of course, uh, Inter in the top three. You will see Juventus in the top three. You know, my little bias will, will say that Milan uh, Milan will be there. Um, you know, I, I I I very much like Lazio, but there's some issues with Lazio, right? And the COVID, mm. all that. You know, I, I want to be careful here because we really don't know what's going to happen with that, right? Yeah. It seems to me like a massive investigation here, and I don't know what the... Uh, implication okay. of that may be, but I do like Lazio. If they're at their best, you know, I mean, it's a difficult team. Uh, so I'm going to give you three. I'm going to stay with four because again, I I like to see. I mean, I, I I'd like to see Atalanta there again, but I think you know their their minds are divided. We'll see what happens against uh, Real Madrid here. The 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 deeper they go, the more trouble they're going to have. I have a feeling in Serie A. Mm,
0: agreed. Thank you so very much for coming on. And before we let you go, Yanush, do you have something coming out that you want to plug, uh, social media or whatever, then the floor is yours. Uh,
2: yeah, no, I mean, I'm good. You know, just, you know, probably you guys see the ESPN uh, FC, some of the digital work that we do that you can see all over the world. And, and you know, on Twitter, I, I spout some nonsense from time to time. <laughs> and every once in a while, I come up with something good that you all like. But you know how it is <laughs> on Twitter. It's, it's nearly impossible. So uh, it's
0: a, It's a digital sewer, and I have to say, you're one of the few bright lights in there. I've always en- enjoyed having a, d- d- discussing with you about, about the game. Uh, well, thank you so thank much for coming on.
2: Thank you very much, guys. Thanks for the questions. Congratulations on a big win because I know it means a lot to you. I wish I was here. Uh, maybe more, more, more <laughs> sarcastic and, and <laughs> happy and... and uh, but that's okay. Uh, Milan are where they are. They're, they're doing a great job. And if they make a top four, this will be at least the first step for Milan to maybe start building towards Milan that's, uh, you know, fight, truly fighting for Scudettos and bigger trophies. And I think all of it will be good for Serie A, wouldn't it, right? If you have, Absolutely. Uh, you know, Inter and, and Milan and Juve uh, playing a big role. In the European and world football, I, I think that's all positives, uh, seeing what Atalanta's doing. I mean, aren't they a great ambassadors for your football? I mean, it's, it's amazing, amazing. And, you know, I kind of can't wait for this Real Madrid game, uh, especially with Real Madrid, what it looks like uh, missing half, half of uh, their team, but who cares, Right.
0: Yeah. As a, as a Simone Inzaghi aficionado, I'm looking forward to Lazio Bayern Munich. I'm yes, really yes, yes. excited for that.
2: I really like Lazio. I, I do, mm-hmm. do I like the way they play. I really
0: enjoy it. Me, Me too. Thank you so much for coming on, Janusz. Thank you, guys. And take care. Thank Bye. you. Bye. Bye right um that was Janusz mahalik of uh, espn fc and like re- let's move on to our own um, l- let's talk ourselves a little bit about and and unpack the game i i think that this was a game where inter obviously won deservedly and uh and and, and a game that inter k- k- handled really well but I'm keen to hear what you guys think um because for me the decisive moment in that game was Handanovic 200 seconds which uh, it uh, which Fabrizio Biasin journalist so eloquently said that he did more in those 200 seconds than he's done all season but it's it's if Inter are to win this goresto he has to be that good he has to be that decisive in those situations and Again, last week I was speaking about the episodes or episodii, as the Italians say, and they all broke in Inter's favor, and they did it again this week. And not that not to take anything away from Inter or Milan, it's just that's how the cookie crumbled. Handanovic came up with three absolutely fantastic saves. The first one was the most brilliant one, and Inter went on to win uh, at that this game. Um, I'm, I think the 3-0 scoreline or the, or the second part of that uh, half of the second half was a little bit uh i mean the game was over after 2-0 virtually uh and but i'm i'm keen to hear what you think uh, mo uh, do you think it was the, it was that kind of a blowout win that it kind of came off as towards the end or do you or are you a little bit more careful and cautious
1: uh tough uh tough uh, question look i think the scoreline uh um, definitely uh flatters inter a bit but it's absolutely and totally deserved at the same time. Mm. Um, You know, I I, I disagree that, uh, I think that Handanovic's uh, interventions were crucial, of course, uh, but I also think that this match would have ended with an inter-victory even if Milan had equalized, because overall, Inter were a better team, and it just would have made the job a bit tougher. Maybe it wouldn't have been as emphatic of a, of a, of a result at the end uh, without these interventions. But I, I, I genuinely do believe, seeing how the first half had gone, uh, that, that Inter were, were in total control of this of this match, even more so than they, than they had been um, against Lazio the week before. And we spoke about how it was a totally controlled performance despite uh, the, 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 the commentators, the international commentators' best efforts to make it seem like Inter were undeserved uh, winners of that game. So uh, uh, while I agree that a 3-0, you know, sometimes you play you play really well and, and you, you lose 3-0 and it sucks. But Milan didn't play very well. I mean, they, they didn't, but they didn't play deserving of a 3-0. But at the same time, Inter did deserve everything they got here. It wasn't like uh, the goals were scored uh, against the run of play. It wasn't like uh, Milan were peppering uh, Handanovic and he was making save after save and last ditch, ditch effort after last ditch effort by uh, the three center backs or whatever. There was none of that. There was none of that barring the, those those few minutes in, this, in the beginning of the second half and those, you know, albeit uh, arriving from a contentious corner uh, saves anyway that, that had to have been made. So, uh, yeah, the, the the again, a very long-winded answer, a long-winded way of saying, I, I think Inter are definitely 3-0 three, deserved winners, but Milan maybe aren't deserving of a 3-0 loss. But they were deserved losers, uh, mm. all in all. Oh,
0: for sure. Uh, Fulvio, I want to hear your thoughts on this game, because there's so much I want to unpack, especially the Ivan Perisic, because I personally have the opinion um, that... I think Conte has changed the tactics to suit both not just Screen not just Perisic but the team as a whole such as Milan Skriniar such as Christian Eriksen he's lowered the defensive line of the team between 3 to 5 uh, meters on the pitch which has basically made everything click and tick in the sense that now when Perisic gets the ball he doesn't he doesn't have to work as hard to be in sync with his other teammates uh, same thing with Skriniar who we know has always struggled with lateral movements because he's not very quick uh, but he's got a great read of the game and if he can work forward instead of backwards he's almost unstoppable Christian Eriksen, I think, as well, uh, in in a way, in the sense that the way that um, teams have pushed forward and and try to press Brozovic to nullify Inter, this in turn has managed to create up space for Christian Eriksen to sit almost like a quarterback and and create play and dictate play. This is re- you know the, the, these are the positive things that Conte has done. But in those ten minutes where Milan were completely overpowering Inter that worried me a little bit moving forward i'm i'm keen to hear what you think how, how you experienced those the, like th- these dynamics in the game and and what i've mentioned about uh, that second half period where milan dominated
4: well uh, nima all you say is correct i think that's that uh, that, uh, that period of time uh, depends uh, a bit more uh, on uh, christian Eriksen, <clears throat> but not because of him I think that uh, uh, this team has uh, got used to play uh, with uh, um, with a midfielder with a lot of muscles and uh, a lot of um, aggressive people on uh, going uh, high at the ball. And uh, I recognized that something similar against uh, Lazio as well last week um, when mm. Inter was up uh, two nil. Lazio have had a comeback, probably. Mm. A little bit uh, more consistent and a little less dangerous than, than the Minamon, but uh, basically the same. I noticed that uh, Inter was not able to keep the ball uh, uh, when it was into our trequarti, and that depends uh, from, a, from the midfielder. So basically, Conte played uh, the, one of the most important games of the season. I think we can all recognize that. And uh, he played uh, in a different way, he played uh, with uh, two playmakers. Uh, let's mm-hmm. call it like that. So see Kraljovic, uh, by the way, is the unsung hero of this derby because he played a, a great, great match, but was uh, in the shadows of the other of the other guys mm-hmm. uh, and Eriksson as well. So <clears throat> you're going to earn something in terms of um, of uh, how you how to adjust the team and individual um, strength and skills, like you said, Parisi, screener But you lost something in terms of. Uh, um, Defending in terms of being solid, being having a solid defense that lasts ninety minutes. Um, so I think that uh, this was uh, the case, and this was the reason because uh, Milan came back into the game, or at least tried to came back into the game. Uh, even though we're talking about, uh, we we say uh, we say Milan, but we're talking about Slatan basically because uh, the the, the, <laughs> the chances there was uh, yes was practically. Uh, uh, a rabbit in the hatch, Captain. Uh, uh, um, just uh, uh, put from uh, from uh, But it's it's like that, and uh, I think that um, uh, either is not perfect. Uh, it is it's, it's, it's improved a lot mm. uh, since uh, since the experiment of the beginning of the season. But it's not still perfect, and I think the reason is because of this new role of Ericsson, that still need to be uh, still need to be um, you know perfection. Uh, like Lazio, my, my impression of the first uh, substitution to make it was the same that I had against Lazio. So put out Ericsson now because uh, we are now exactly uh, in a position of advantage, right? And uh, we, we see that uh, our opponents uh, are having a comeback, and uh, we need uh, uh, we need uh, something different than Ericsson. Exactly. There. So it exactly. was uh, it was against Lazio was uh, on Savage Savic, uh, and against Milan. Uh, <clears throat> was basically against K. C. That uh, was uh, a little bit up in the position, but also Tonali, also Ciano. All these guys need a better uh, defense, needs uh, a better uh, how do you say a better positioning into the defensive stuff that uh, that the team needs uh, need to make. Mm. So I think that uh, this, uh, this this change, uh, this this uh, is. The fact that Eriksson now fits into the offensive uh, uh, play is a benefit for Inter because it's a benefit for a lot of players into Inter, and we keep scoring a lot of goals. But uh, the, the the other side of the coin is that uh, you lo- you lose something into the defense, and at some point you need to change. And that's basically the difference uh, that is between Eriksen and Vidal, that uh, was b- basically the replacement of this uh, new uh, of this new team.
0: Mm. That's 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 a good point. That's a very good point. Uh Will, um I want to I want to uh, hand over to you and and I want to hear your thoughts going into this because I I always quote you on this about how you say that Conte's Conte's football is is like a marching band and when it all works it it, it really sounds well but and and it's been working it's been every single musician and every single instrument has been tuned in um what 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 are you, what are your what are your impressions of, of, of this game
3: well i think the, the trumpets and the violins and the saxophones were all out in full force for that second goal <laughs> because uh you had uh, you had nine players out of 11 moved uh, involved in that uh in that move for the second goal only brozovic and bastoni were not involved um and that's probably the best team goal we've played, we've scored under Conte, or at least this season. Um, so yeah, I think that that just tells you what kind of form the team was in. And it's it's a goal like that that makes me agree with Mo on um, on uh, the thing about Milan, because yeah, it was obviously a key moment when Handanovic made those saves. But I, I think that I think we might well have uh, gone on to win that game anyway because the the performance had been so convincing up until that point, especially going forward. Um, but I mean, we'll never know. But uh, yeah, it was uh, it was a fantastic performance, and uh, you know, as we've seen uh, so often um, under Conte, when we score an early goal, everything gets easier because then we can play our game. Uh, and the, the, the second two goals, although they were very different, they were fundamentally counterattacks—you know, very good counterattacks. One from Lukaku on his own, and one from. Um, uh, and one from the rest of the team, but you know they're both—they're all about attacking open space. And you know, if we'd gone behind and, and Lautaro hadn't taken his chance after five minutes, as as he as he often hasn't this season, then uh, then things might have turned out very differently. But it was a complete performance. I agree. Um, I was just so impressed that that this team has made a, a real jump in terms of these that their mental approach to these big games. Because it wasn't long ago that we were we were talking about giving up a lead against Lazio and against Atalanta and against Roma because you know we'd sat too deep or because Conte had uh, taken off Lautaro and put on Galliardini or, or things like this. Um, and now you, you trust this team to go and deliver in these matches. And I, I think this was, uh, possibly even more dominant than the game against Lazio. I don't know. It's probably, it's close. We could probably debate it, but, uh, I felt like the, 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 the difference in the levels of performance was, was, was bigger because I thought Lazio played quite well, um, mm, even though agree. they did a great match. Against Agreed. It. Whereas Milan, I don't think really were, were at the races, at least not in the way they have been for most of this season. Um, no. But there's so many positives. I mean, you've got um, you've got one goal conceded in six now in the league, which is remarkable. And that was a deflected free kick, which is night and day compared to where we were at the start of the season. Uh, the defenders are all benefiting, as you said, from this this slight uh, tweak. Um, there was an article in, in Gazette today that was basically explaining what you just said in that Inter are winning all their games with with less possession than they had at the start of the season because Conte has gone back to type and, and, uh, and done what... Um, Pick the right uh, the right suit for this for this for this body, if you like. Uh, some God, sotor- I love that. God, some I more love that. Work. Um, <laughs> God, I love yeah. that. <laughs> yeah, But I mean, I, I, as you said, Handanovic has been fant- was fantastic. Um, I mean, to be fair, it's the third big game in which he's made a big yeah. save because he had a save against Juventus and he saved us against Napoli as well. And we certainly deserve to win a lot less than this match. So, I mean, that, Ooh, that those those um, those performances are starting to add up, despite all the the doubts that we have over him. You've covered Paris and Eriksson. Um, yeah, there's nothing really negative. Uh, I thought it was fantastic, and you know, it now feels like for the. I mean, I mean, there's no doubt it is ours to lose now. Um, you see, that's.
0: I'm glad you brought that up because that's something I wanted to talk briefly about. I, I, I don't like this talk that it's Inter's, Inter's title to lose because that's a self fulfilling prophecy. Well, and it's I, tr- <laughs> it's true. It doesn't matter <laughs> if
3: you don't like it. It's true.
0: No, but no, it's not true because it's only four points, and there's 14. What it's. 15 matches left to play that that the four points in 15 matches can wane really easily. I'll tell you when I know Mo is said since the beginning of the season that Inter are going to win the Scudetto. And I've absolutely not agreed with that. Um, I, I, let me put it to you this way. I will not only say that I think Inter will win the Scudetto. I think Inter will win comfortably. if, 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 if big, if, if Inter go out after the game against Atalanta with a minimum of seven points to whoever's in second, then yes, Inter will win. Anything less than that, this thing is going to the wire. You have to remember, Inter have have Roma, Napoli, and Juve away. No, not Roma, but the rest of them uh, away uh, to play. And that's that. You know, you, you no. I don't want to be within four points of of traveling to uh, Allianz Stadium and. You know, I, I have, I have, I think Fulvio and Mo understand what I'm talking. I, I'm scarred emotionally from seasons past. Okay, <laughs> it's.
4: Uh, <I> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's more, it's more than, yeah, it's, it's, it's more than I Nima, and it's totally understandable. But you need to, you need to calculate into the dissipation that Inter so far has underperformed into the whole season. Right, so the struggles that we used to see on the second part of the season came in the first part of the season, and yet mm-hmm. we are here talking yeah. about a first uh, our first place, talking about the top of the of the table and it's uh, it's late February, and uh, we basically had uh, this uh, advantage on C Milan and the similarlan is not a team that uh, has shown uh, to have the consistency. And uh, and they probably to, to go and win the win the Scudetto probably not even not the roster depth to going no. to do that especially because they're playing in Europe and mm. uh, do not underestimate the advantage that Inter has to not playing in Europe yes. uh, while the other the other are uh, so I think that once again uh, on this uh, on uh, mm, on this uh, perspective we need to look very closely Juventus. Uh, so yes. I don't believe what Juventus is, is doing uh, in, the, in the last uh, in the last month. Uh, but uh, I, be, I believe that uh, when uh, Juventus is going to wake up it uh, could be delayed and this is up to us. this is up to inter. So basically it's all in our hands, which is not the, the perfect situation. We're talking about inter and we all, we, can, we can recognize that <laughs> but it's real it's really in our hands. And um, by the way, uh, I mean, home away uh, with, uh, without, uh, without the crowd into the, into the stadium is probably not so big issue. Yeah, but
0: this, this is um, you know the traveling to Torino and, and that stadium and we saw what happened camera. by Italia the cameras and the and the <laughs> provocations and Bonucci of all people going. Do you know what I mean? Like we know their gobby tactics. Let's be yeah, of course. <laughs> of course, it's
4: not, it's not it's not an happy story to have Juventus on the on, this, on the not the last game, but uh, yeah, the, the when, when, when you have to go, so it's not an happy story. All right, I would like to go to go to go oh. there with the Scudetto oh. already enhance. Yeah, that would be nice, of course. God of honor. But uh, you know, I think that uh, the, if Inter wants to win the Scudetto, it needs, uh, needs to win the Scudetto in this month, so March. Exactly. Uh, otherwise, otherwise it would be would be difficult, uh, and then uh, there would be psychological implication if you're going to play these uh, big matches uh, with a little advantage. Let's see, but uh, you know, Nima, I always told you to trust this team. Right, because I knew the potential. Uh, back in November, back in December, I, I I assured you trust this team, and this is what uh, this is what, what we see right now is what what I'm talking about. So I think this team can be trusted for what uh, what they did into the into the last three months, except for the elimination from the Champions League, which was built uh, on the on the first two months of the season and not on, in the game against Shakhtar. But uh, I I I mean I can trust this team for what uh, what they did into the middle of the season. And uh, I I would like to trust his team for uh, what they do in the next uh, next months. Like Conte said, the the two were engaged now are Genoa and Parma because yeah. uh, the, the inter, inter now seems to have uh, the opposite uh, issue that uh, had one that once. So, underestimate uh, the the little matches uh, while putting the maximum effort into the big matches. Right? This is a mistake that could not happen because the little matches into the Serie A are more than the big matches. Absolutely. So that's that's practically the key
0: absolutely absolutely 100% and you see I agree with you on, on all of that it's this this month that's why i said after atalanta game genoa parma atalanta and 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 then and then i think it's sassuolo uh if i'm not mistaken it's yes. uh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. No. It's Torino. It's Torino. It's Torino away, and then Sassuolo, and then it's the international break. So it is. Yeah. It's it is now. It's going. But but for me, I if I if Inter have seven points going after the after Atalanta, then it's then then yes. I'll, I'll then it's done. I mean, it, it is Inter's to lose, but I'm not quite there yet. I I'm mm-hmm. just not quite there yet. Um,
1: I'm I'm but, not trying to convince anyone of uh, like I, I I'm unhappy uh i think it's it, it it works in interest favor that people doubt the team and i think uh i, I mean I, I understand what you said will about uh, uh you know it is a fact and uh, um whether whether we like it or not it doesn't matter but i i i i'm with nima here i don't like this talk of it's interest to lose it's interest mm. to lose uh, it, well, not not, neither not do because i, I <laughs> yeah. No, no i mean i i it's, it's
4: pressure guys I mean, Yes. It's yeah. fresh, but it's but it, but it it is what it is. I mean, uh, it, it's true. I, I, it's really I true agree. I agree. But, but but I, I got, I'm we, not we, sure you, if
1: I can trust this team's mentality to be able to handle that yes. sort of pressure. I think. Yes.
4: Uh, tried, I mean, but but this me. is what you need to do if you want to win the sure. Scudetto. This sure. is what you need to do. Uh, I I again, so let's no I, out on that. I I agree completely.
1: But what I mean is, it would be. I mean, if I were to craft my perfect Scudetto winning run. I would like it to be similar, more similar to Inter's clinching second place last season where it's sort of under the radar and no one really kind of like, you know, oh, what? Oh, Atlanta, Atlanta, (laughs) Atalanta, Napoli away, boom, 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 you know, and you finish second place, uh, one point behind Juventus. So, so, so I I agree, but so long story short, again, um, I'm. I'm happy when people doubt Inter. I think it's it works in Inter's favor. The more doubters there are, it it works better because it takes the pressure off the team. But still, I think it's I agree with you. Look, it, it is
0: for me, course. I'm scarred from this. Interbeffa thing that.
4: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, it's it, it's right, but uh, just just yeah, uh, let me add one thing,
2: and then and then I, I shut up forever. Uh, no, no,
4: let's put let. let no, no, I, I'm joking, but uh, let's put this a little bit mathematical right now, because uh, I think that uh, we can agree that the, the scudetto can be won uh, at a lower uh, at a lower quota in comparison to the other year. Let's say 82, 83 points should be enough, yeah. right? Uh, unless unless another te- unless another team don't make a miracle and make an incredible run of uh, 11 or 12 uh, uh, winning in a row, it, it is like this. Inter is 53 right now, so ideally miss, misses 30 points, right? So 30 points in fifty games are two points per game. That is way uh, that is that is way uh, less than uh, Inter is doing so far right now with all the problems that Inter had at the beginning of the season. So it's not mission impossible. And everybody are able to recognize that, not only for what Inter is doing in the in the pitch, but also because uh, they are seeing the numbers and they see that Inter is performing at a, at a rate uh, that uh, is uh, comfortable to win the Scudetto. And this cannot be hidden, unfortunately. This cannot mm. be hidden. Mm. So I, I agree with Mo, it we, would we, be better to be off the grid, uh, to, to lay low now, but uh, we simply cannot do that. Everybody knows that we are favorites, uh, for a lot of reason, and uh, it is what it is, and uh, I think that uh, this could be the chance for the team to take this, take the pressure, handle the pressure, and finally win the pressure, because uh, this is how you grow. Mm,
1: agreed, agreed. Yeah, then. and I think, I, I think Fulvio, um, uh, just to speak to that point as well, I think, um, so two things, again, alluding to that uh, end-of-season uh, run last year where everybody, you know, us included, were so wary of, of those tough, you know, quote unquote, tough away matches or tough matches against Atalanta and Napoli, and the team sort of brushed them off and, and, and took all six points easily, and it was a, a non-event. I also think that run in um, in the Europa League all the way through to the, to the final might really have added a lot of uh, a lot of uh, years in terms of experience and, and, and maturity in handling that sort of pressure to the squad. So. Yeah, you know, uh, just speaking to that point, I think y- you're right. Uh, we, we were so close last season to bringing in some genuine silverware. And it was only pressure that really uh, defeated us. And hopefully uh, there's there's lessons learned in terms of mentality and grit that they can take forward this year. And, and that, it's uh, hopefully it's speak, that winning run.
0: Speaking about uh, you know, it, it, as we all all have kind of alluded to that that begins next week this Sunday against Genoa at the San Siro, where um, without Hakimi and with Bastoni, Brozovic, and Barella still on a yellow card, and it's this is and Lukaku, Lukaku, as well. and Lukaku, and Lukaku as well. as, yeah, Lukaku as well. And look, this is breaking me down because I I, I don't want to play Atalanta without without them with them missing it. Um, so I'm thinking. Uh, You know, Darmian is probably going to start. I'm thinking, you know, don't... Should he he start... Should he rotate? Because Genoa have been on a a fantastic run since Ballardini took over and they shouldn't be underestimated. Um, And I'm kind of conflicted here. What do you do here? Because I think away against Parma... I know Parma have been awful, but it's still away and Inter at the Tardini do tend to struggle... So I, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of conflicted here. And I think if Inter are to beat Atalanta, they need Lukaku for sure. They need Barella for sure. Um, so I'm, I'm kind of, I'm a little bit conflicted here. I'm, I'm keen to hear what you think on that, Fulvio. Uh,
4: well, if you ask me, I'm going to put uh, the best team that I have uh, available, uh, no matter who they are and no matter the, ca- no matter the calculation. Uh, to, to be completely honest, I will, uh, I will do like that. Um, besides, uh, you are talking about uh, you are talking about uh, uh, Atalanta, and uh, Atalanta has uh, a long story of uh, of turnover. Um, I, I will have some defection. It's not it's not it's not an issue. I mean, uh, it's not Juventus. So we play actually twice at least twice better than Juventus, which is arguably the best team that uh, there is in Serie a, apart from Inter. So I cannot be scared of I uh, ha- have a defection against Atalanta. Of course, we're an aggressive team. Of course, we need to do, we need to cope with the yellow card. But as soon as I got the old team available, the, the best team available, I will I will uh, line the the best team, especially because I play once a week, so I can afford it. Uh, so I think that uh, if you start to um spare players to uh, to calculate the matches is a broad message to the team look at what milan did calabria mm, uh, mm. made a disqualify uh, against spezia to be in the derby and uh, milan end up uh, by losing both matches so it's a broad message for me that True. you uh, you bring that you give to the players
0: for sure, no. That's a good. Uh, that's a good shout. And also, you know, but uh, Genoa, you know, people shouldn't laugh because they they are a good team and they have some. You know, they have got some really good Serie A players, uh, Serie A quality players, and they have Pandev there. And it would just be, I mean, <laughs> if he were to end this run, it would just be so heartbreaking. Um, uh, let's uh, let's just quickly. I mean, there's not much really much to say. Much more to say other than Hakimi suspended. We have Lukaku, Barella, Brozovic uh, on on a yellow card, and Bastoni, who, who can get suspended. Um, Vecino and Vidal are, are pretty much back in the squad Stefano Sensi has suffered a muscle muscle fatigue As, as I, I guess that's what he does at Inter Suffers from muscle fatigue That is uh, and, and that's just his status That's his job um, So, so I, I don't think he'll play But just quickly uh, before we move on uh, I, 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 I think an uncomfortable easy 2-0 win here is, is on the cards um, Lautaro and Perisic scoring uh, what about you, Mo?
1: Yeah, I think uh, I think a pretty comfortable win uh, as well uh, for uh, for uh, for us. I'm I'm not so sure about the clean sheet. I think uh, maybe uh, we'll uh, let in a, a, a sneaky goal, but I think a comfortable win, multi goal three, so that we even wide, widen widen uh, the, the 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 already remarkable, eye watering uh, goal difference. That Inter has uh, widened it even further compared to Atalanta and, and, and uh, I believe it's Juventus. So uh, we'll have Lukaku scoring, Lautaro scoring, he's on form. And I like Perisic because he deserves a goal. So yeah, 3-1. Okay,
0: uh, William Beckman, what's your, what do you think?
3: I think two 0 uh, I think a double from Lukaku, and I agree completely with with everything Fulvio said about picking your best team and, and taking one game at a time. So the okay. suspensions will will come when they come. As far as the general game is concerned, it's good that we've got one of them out of the way without you know having a block. If we could sort of spread them out one at a time or something, that would be ideal. But you can't control it. It's when it's when you start making calculations like that that you you end okay. up in the situation that you were talking about about you know. Uh, being weakened and you know okay. dropping points, so let's go for it two 0 And yeah, as you said, Ballardini is a wizard, so mm. watch out,
0: uh, Luca uh, uh, Fulvio. What, what do you think?
4: Uh, I would say three 0 and uh, it's the same for it's the same from Will. So two goals uh, from the from the strikers. But uh, one goal from uh, another department—I don't know if midfield or defense—is probably. I-, I would like probably to Barella to score because uh, it really deserves to score one goal per game uh, in the way he plays. So let's let's go like that. I think uh, I think Trinella. I think the, uh, the the real challenge on this game is uh, to score the first goal, and after yes. that everything gets easier.
0: Agreed. Agreed. One hundred percent.
4: Wow. Ac- a clean sheet, clean sweep from
1: the non-positivities. Wow! <laughs> right. Let's
0: uh, let's uh, move uh, on to the part of the show where we pay tribute, rip the piss out of, and criticize someone it's something heavily in the world of football, starting with the negativity, which will be presented by Mr. Fulvio Santucci. This week's mochi.
4: So, a very funny story. I'll talk bad um, because uh, uh, it, it happens on the, on the Italian TV, actually the national Italian TV. Even though it was a channel for the for the abroad people, was called Rai, Rai Italia, uh, and um, they were analyzing basically the derby and the, the game was ended since half an hour or something like that. So, but but basically they were there to to, to talk about uh, to talk about the derby. Um and uh this guy that is, is called Tiziano Pieri and uh, is a former referee, former Serie <laughs> A referee. Uh he was he was involved in Calciopoli as well, but then he was it uh, was absorbed, so mm. uh there, there wasn't there wasn't really involved. Now uh, basically he's there to work uh, and to give opinions uh, and to review the the episodes uh, of the game, like penalties, uh, well, what in Italy we call Mobiola. Um and uh, at some point uh, he Brings up uh, a very interesting uh, uh, news that uh, he, he gave. Uh, very excited about. He was very excited about that because at some point he said that uh, uh, Inter uh, was uh, uh, jeopardizing the, the the victory that uh, w- that they have um, they have achieved just minutes ago against AC Milan because uh, uh, Inter made. Uh, uh, Five changes in four slots, and this is not allowed from the, um, uh, the, uh, the regulation, right? You know that uh, you have uh, five substitutions and you need to, to go with three slots uh, plus the out time, but you cannot go into four slots. And uh, this was uh, a sensation on the internet, very hot topic for some minutes on the internet, because uh, everybody uh, remember in January what happens to Roma, which uh, line up six players against the Spezia in Coppa Italia, and uh, they, was, they were defeated basically uh, for the for breaking the rules uh, and this this uh, go to very a very sensational uh, uh, engagement for some minutes on the internet, but it simply wasn't true and uh, everybody knows that because everybody knows, uh, everybody uh, watched the game and watched the inter make actually uh, the five substitution into three and not four slots and uh, during the uh, commercials, I think that someone has told this guy. Hey, you're 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 doing you're 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 doing the wrong thing. It's not true, basically. So he came back and said, uh, uh, "Hey, okay guys, I apologize. I my, my apologies because uh, I got something wrong. But it's not my fault, basically, because I read uh, from a from a, a review on the internet that uh, Inter made a change in full slots. So so far, since it's like a frog moment, but it's actually a emoji <laughs> moment because this guy was in a national um, was in the national television." talk about a specific game, and uh, he admit, basically, that he never saw the game. Although I, he I, I was talking about the game, he, he, wasn't, he wasn't seeing the game, and uh, the proof is the fact that he didn't know about the chronological, the, the timeline of the substitution. He didn't know about that. He just read something from a, a, a live score app and reported <laughs> without making any check. And be, be aware, this is a former referee, so he should know very well about uh, the time to decision, the time to double check. But simply go like that. So, uh, as I said, it's an embarrassing moment that should be a frog, probably, but it, it, it's a moji because it's, uh, it reveals the, the state of, uh, of, the, of the news and the information that's, that we have in Italy right now when uh, a lot of people are commenting games, uh, are, are there for commenting games that never saw at all. So, that was basically the third moji. Uh.
0: I saw that, and I couldn't believe it because it was—it was so embarrassing. It's like anyone who watched the game saw that this wasn't the case, and oh, I was really, really cringy. I, I saw that. Uh, it was woof. Right, let's uh, move on to something much more comical. This week's frog, which we presented by Mister William Beckman.
3: Yes, I would just like to first uh, give a nod to a frog that we we highlighted uh, about a month or so ago when uh, we talked about Cagliari and the remarkable decision to extend Eusebio Di Francesco's (laughs) contract after they had lost six games in a row and uh, been winless in 12. Um, Just to give an update quickly, they've lost uh, three games out of four uh, since then. And today they sacked Di Francesco. So that really turned out to be one of the best coaching decisions that a Serie A club has made in in recent seasons. And they look like they're going to go down unless um, they they get themselves out of trouble. So, uh, Congratulations to them. Um, but this week's frog, uh, I'm gonna give it to, I'm gonna give it to Milan actually, because um, for, for this really strange, and I have to say banter-era inter-esque story of Ibrahimović um, and his 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 um, burgeoning sort of career as a, a superstar singer that we're about to get in a, in a couple of weeks time. Um, because um, he's going to be, obviously, I'm sure you'll know this, Nima, he's, he's going to San Remo, this music festival, uh, in a couple of weeks.
0: No, it's it's uh, not this week, but the week after, from March I, 2nd to so 6th. That's what I said. Yeah, week. sorry, yeah, so no, it's yeah, yeah. March 2nd to 6th, yeah.
3: So he's, uh, obviously, this is a, a very delicate moment of the season, and um, uh, Milan are seemingly going to lose Ibrahimovic from their training sessions for a, a few days, because he's going to appear every night uh, with... Uh, with the stars at this music festival and um well it just doesn't look great given that they've just lost the derby 3-0 and he seems to be a bit out of form and uh he's he's basically up, they've opened themselves up to a lot of scorn really you know the, the, they've had the communication of this of this uh, story taken out of their own hands because it was Amadeus himself who the, who runs San who came out and said you know last week that Ibra was going to going to be training and sort of have a special training program in Liguria because it wouldn't make sense for him to commute for to and from uh, Milan because the, the distances would be silly. Um, and uh, I, li- I liked it because it just kind of reminded me of what we had, the, the kind of thing that we had with, you know, it, it's kind of like in saying that we're going to give Icardi a, a personal training session because he needs to go and pick up Wanda from the, the Tiki Taka studios on a on a Monday. You know, it's really strange and it's, it's nice to know that, you know, other clubs can be can be so proper as well, and he's he's you know this is the problem is when you know if you're if you're going well then this kind of thing disappears, but they're not mm-hmm. in form at the moment, Milan, and so you get people like Nicola Berti in today's Gazzetta saying, "Why did Ibrahimovic get taken off yesterday? Was, did he, does he need to go and prepare for Sanremo?" And you know you get stuff <laughs> like this that that just sort of snowballs, and you have um, you know you have um, you know just stuff like that, and I, I just like that it's not us for once, yeah. you know we don't have the wonder show. Any opportunity to remind everyone that the Wanda show is over is great for me. So I'll take that. And um, yeah, I mean, let's hope he sings. I don't, I don't know if you've heard him sing before in Sweden or anything, but um, no, um I'll be looking, for, looking <laughs> forward to it.
0: <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll definitely share that. No, I find this whole situation completely bizarre that he wants to do that. And to me, it's it so unlike him to risk doing something he's always been such a model professional about especially in this part of the season when it's when it matters the most to me this suggests that he's probably going to hang up his boots at the end of the season because him doing Eurovision stuff pre-selection stuff like that's just that's just weird uh that's that, that's not a person who who wants to continue playing football that's a guy looking at the end of his career
3: yeah and I gave it I gave it to, to Milan because they've kind of been embarrassed by this situation you could give it to Ibra but
0: no yeah. but he asked and they they signed off on it They they could have said no.
3: (laughs) And now they're they're kind of sort of hostage to this situation while they're they're potentially getting sucked back into a a fight for the the top four. And on
0: the top of that, you've got Stefano Pioli and the Pioli high that never lasts longer than 13 months. And we're into month 14 and we're looking at a free fall. I I just, I'm genuinely wondering what I am I'm really, really very, I'm genuinely wondering what the hell Masara Gazidis and and Maldini were thinking with this. Uh, You you say no, you know, you can't just give it to other (laughs) people. You say say no, no, I'm sorry, (laughs) do it it next year. Like, it's it's weird. Right, let's move on. We started off positively. Uh, Let's end positively. This week's Moratti, which we presented by Mr. Positivity, original Mr. Positivity, Mr. Mohamed Nas. He's, he works a lot, he's intelligent, and he surprises people sometimes with his ideas. Not easy to find one person of this <laughs> call it this.
1: Yeah, uh, another laundry list of uh, positivity to, uh, to pick from, and I'll, I'll go through my honorable mentions quickly. Um, I, I honestly loved uh, the fact that Steven Zhang uh, made a Mielano Siamonoi uh, tweet uh, or Instagram post. I know uh, social media is silly. And I know that uh, there is a strong uh, feeling that uh, maybe Suning are out. But I love Suning. I like Zhang. I like Steven, I mean. So mm. the fact that he's still uh, uh, supporting the team could mean something. And, and, and for sure, at least uh, to, to, from the outside looking in, it seems like uh, it's, it sends the right message, at least. Let's put it that way. Uh, so there's, the, there's one thing. Uh, another thing is, of course, Lukaku's run against, uh, against Romagnoli against Parolo the week before. It's uh, Kylian Mbappe versus uh, Piquet-esque. Absolutely blew them out of the water. Fantastic visuals, amazing imagery. One of those moments, he seems to make make those moments happen in the derbies. Uh, It's it's going to be an iconic uh, image, you know, him really blowing past uh, Romagnoli for that third goal. Incredible. And then, of course, uh, Handanovic, I wanted to give him the Moratti of the week because of how much uh, stick I usually give him and really he, like, like you said Nima, it, it potentially could have changed the outcome of the game but you know this is why he gets paid the big big bucks and he really showed why and, and if this is how he's going to end the season this is the form that he's going to end the season or at least show up in the big games when we need those clean sheets then you know, uh, I have nothing but praise. But my Moratti of the Week goes to something a little bit more uh, intangible. And that is uh, Antonio Conte's uh, post-match uh, press conference. Uh, you guys, uh, you know, uh, we all maybe, but uh, you know, people in general kind of uh, have railed on Conte when he's given those uh, crazy rants post, uh, post-matches when mm-hmm. things haven't gone his way. And I think yesterday's uh, post-match conference uh, couldn't have been better you a full earlier you said uh you 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 mentioned how he said that the two, the two most important games are now Genoa and Parma and uh, showing that we are uh, this is the the real yardstick and measure for the team's maturity and growth and 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 self confidence uh is uh, is how we deal uh, is how Inter deals with with matches like this so i think this in a, in a, in in a vacuum alone is a great message to send to the players uh, but also the fact that the, the praise that he heaped on Perisic and, of course, on, on Ericsson, yet challenging them, you know, he's, he tells Perisic that he believes he's the best Terzino in that position in the world or could be one of the best in the world. Not only has he reinterpreted the role, he's perfect for the role. It's it's stuff like this that really speaks to his understanding of, uh, of, of his squad and of his players' temperament. And, you know, maybe it's due to the fact that we couldn't buy players in the, in the January transfer season. Maybe it's due to the fact that we couldn't offload Perisic and Eriksen. But the fact is, we couldn't, we didn't. And this is where we are. And this is what he's done with, with those facts. And so for, for the actions on the pitch by Conte and the players and then how he then communicates those actions with the press, he's got uh, he's got to be my Marathi for the week.
0: Amen. I just want to echo that because I think what he's done after after Christmas and after January the the way he has him and Mar- um, um, Marotta and, and and the rest of them the way they have held this ship together I said it, I've said it like 2 3 weeks in a row on this show now and and it cannot be understated it cannot be said enough what they are doing is 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 absolutely phenomenal it's the stuff that that makes you a club legend to win a title for the first time or to be even compete for one after 11 years in these incredibly difficult circumstances is is a fantastic job and it shouldn't be under underestimated what they're doing and what he's done and for me the most important thing that Conte has done is not just the tactical stuff but it's to get a player like Ivan perisic who's won a Champions League been in a World Cup final uh, Christian Eriksen, who's done all the things he's done in, 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 and, and established himself as a top player, to get all these players to not only accept to play in this system, but to also wholeheartedly accept to try and play in a system that doesn't suit them. And, and, and to build a team around that is nothing short of phenomenal. I've always said that Antonio Conte is at his absolute best when he doesn't get exactly everything he wants. When he gets everything he wants, he's at his worst. When he's like this, when his back is against the wall, when he has to, this is what you have to work with, Antonio, that's when he produces absolute magic. And he does it time and time again. He did it at Juve, he did it at Chelsea, he did it with the Italian national team, and this season, undoubtedly with Inter. So I can't can't echo that enough for Conte. Right, that's all we have time for uh, in this uh, derby-winning glorious episode um, the, the, the this week, we'll be back next week, until then I'd like to thank Janusz Mihalik for coming on, I'd like to thank you Mo
1: Always a pleasure guys, always a
4: pleasure
0: Mr. Fulvio Santucci don't be a stranger
4: Never, never, thank you for having me here it was a great pleasure, like, uh, like usual as usual
0: And Mr. William Beckman
3: Thank you everyone, always a pleasure, I'm off to watch that second goal again until I fall asleep this evening <laughs> on, on a loop for the rest of the week until our next pod I think
0: that's that sounds great. And until next week, I'm your host, Nima Valley Ruzzari, wishing all the Capoliste out there a happy week. Three points, stay safe, stay healthy, and sempre e solo forza